this week on The Startup Life. My ability to meet people that don't believe in themselves as much as they should when it comes to being a business owner. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Simone Jones, founder of Akamai LLC. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. This is the Startup Life with your host, Dominic Lawson, powered by the Binge Podcast Network. Today, we have a special guest. We have Simone Jones of Akami LLC. Did I say that right? No, it's Akamai. Akamai, I'm sorry. Akamai LLC. We're going to make sure we get that right. Are you ready to pour some knowledge <laughs> to the Startup Nation today, Ms. Jones? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right, so uh, first things first, tell us your story behind your path of entrepreneurship and tell us a little bit about Akamai. Okay, well, it all started back when I was a cluster manager for Cricket Wireless. Um, I had three stores, over 30 employees. Um, but before I got to that point, I was just a store rep but I received two promotions within 60 days. I was working towards an ultimate promotion for me, which would have allowed me to be a lot more flexible with my time. Because at the time I was working like nine to one and then three to eight. And that was every single day, even on Sunday when I'm supposed to be off work, I was working from home. At this time, my daughter was only two I really did not spend any time at home, but I knew that once I got this new promotion, um, it was going to be like a $25,000 annual raise, and I would work no more than six to seven hours a day. As the time came, I was groomed for this position. I was promised this position, but once the time came to uh, hire someone for the position, the company brought someone in from the outside and gave him the position that I had been working on all year. Oh, wow. Instead of a $25,000 raise, I got a 50 cent raise. Ooh. And that was the biggest slap in the face, only because I didn't want anyone to give anything to me. I earned it. I worked hard for it. I sacrificed a lot only to receive two quarters. So at that moment, I knew that, you know, corporate was not for me. And honestly, my director at this time, he also encouraged me to, because of course there was nothing he could do about it. Right. But he further encouraged me to do my own thing. He trained me a lot and, and knew that I had the capability of being my own business owner. So in April of 2014, I left um, their franchise. And I have been a business owner ever since. Awesome. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, that, that is a slap in the face. I bet you was not very appreciative of that. I was crushed. I cried. It hurt so bad. Right. Because you, you, you work so hard to get, you know, get to this, you know, certain level. And then all of a sudden they just bring somebody in and then, you know, add insult to injury just instead of $25,000 raise, give you a 50 cent raise. That's, that's got to be rough. Well, let me ask you about this. What was your first business idea and what would you do with it if it wasn't Akamai? <laughs> um, my very first, um, I wanted to follow social trends. Okay. Um, I wanted to sell hair, like hair extensions and lipstick. Okay. And the lipstick actually did really good. Like I made, you know, for someone to only be, I think I was about 23, 24 making a hundred to almost 200 a day was decent for me. Mm-hmm. Um, however, things began to slow down. There was a news um, article 
that was talking about the lipstick that me and a lot of other ladies were selling. And at the time, of course, I knew anything, I knew nothing, I'm sorry, about public relations. So I freaked out and I stopped ordering instead gotcha. of still trying to push the brand, fix it, uh, correct the new station's mistakes, et cetera. I just freaked out and I dropped everything. So that lasted maybe six or seven months. But after that, I was like, nah, this is not <laughs> what I need to get into. Got you. Let me ask you this. Who or what inspires you as an entrepreneur and why? Who? Well, I do have both. My first who um, was a lady named Sandra Ford. Uh, She was the first person to make me a manager. I was only like 18. Okay. Um, The thing that's so unique about this, I didn't earn that management position. Literally, she fired someone, looked at me in the face and said, tomorrow you're a manager. So I freaked out. Yeah, I freaked out. And she was really hard on me. She was really tough on me. I'm I'm pretty, well, I used to be very sensitive. So the way that she trained me and groomed me for management was a little harsh, but I did appreciate it because after I left her company, once I got into um, cricket, um, I took my skills over. And that's, I believe, the reason that I got promoted so fast because I had mastered being a leader and was able to run this uh, over 200 store franchise company so well. Um, so that's my who. But as time has progressed, as the years progress, my what um, that inspires me, my ability to meet people that don't believe in themselves as much as they should when it comes gotcha. to being a business owner. Understood. Like I, it's kind of, Of course, I understand, you know, we discourage ourselves, but I love to meet people that have a talent or have a gift, but just need help pushing it out. And those are the people that inspire me to keep going because every time I show them what they're capable of doing, they always come back and say, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for believing in me. And all of that fuels me to keep going with Akamai Enterprises. Gotcha. Well, you know, since you mentioned that, tell us a little bit more about Akamai Enterprises and what you do and, and how you inspire other uh, entrepreneurs and business owners. All right. Well, with Akamai Enterprise, uh, I offer business development services, and that includes assisting clients with establishing businesses from the ground up. Uh, that literally includes the moment you think of a business idea, I show you how to execute. And that's getting license, registration, website development, et cetera. And also for the business owners that currently have a business, typically those that have had a business like two to three years or less, I assist with scaling their business. And that involves stepping in to evaluate the current state of their business, seeing what they lack, seeing what they need, helping them overcome challenges. And that can range anywhere from marketing to administrative support, uh, automation, website development, etc. What do you wish you would have known before you started Akamai? I wish that I would have known that although I can do everything, that's not the best way to run a business. Mm-hmm. Like when I first started Akamai Enterprise, I was doing uh, literally everything, business development, business credit, administrative support, email marketing. I was more so like a, a virtual assistant to clients and gotcha. that was draining me. But gotcha. I felt that if I made myself available to every aspect of business that I can always make money and I wouldn't miss any money. But the, you know, the small amounts of money that were made was nothing in comparison to how tired I was. Like, I felt like I was in corporate all over again. Gotcha. So in, in the beginning, I wish I just learned to just focus on one and two things, uh, uh, one and two niche that I had and take it from there. Thank you for sharing that. that. That's something that a lot of business owners have to kind of get over the hurdle of is, you know, understanding that like kind of like laser in on that focus that you talk about. So I appreciate you sharing that. So let me ask you this. How do you, how do you uh, market and advertise uh, Akamai? Do you use social media, word of mouth, or what works best for you? I do heavily depend on social media. Okay. Um, I'm in a lot of, I'm like in over 20 networking groups. I will say that about 85% of my clients come from social media. But recently I've gotten out to, although I am an introvert, 
I am pushing myself uh, <laughs> to get out more and network more. Gotcha. Because I actually, once I'm in the presence of someone and somehow we connect on a conversation regarding business, I become so passionate in what I discuss that it's so much easier to win a client over versus me making a post on social media and hoping that someone gives me a chance. So I do rely on both, but I am learning that networking helps a lot more. Gotcha. And I think you bring up an important piece uh, that I want Startup Nation to understand that like, even though social media is out there and is a very easy, very you know, low cost tool to use that, you know, you still have to kind of like do some of that face to face networking that you talked about. And that's really how you, really submit some of those relationships that you talk about. So I appreciate you sharing that. That That's a big piece. And I think Startup Nation can really learn something from that. Absolutely. Like, of course, you know, on social media, there's so many people that are quote unquote business owners and they're scamming people. So I understand the challenge with trusting someone online. For sure. So I do know that I tend to work harder trying to win a client mm. over versus if I meet them in person. So, Although it's a personal challenge for me, it is a professional benefit. Gotcha. For sure. And you're absolutely right because we do have a lot of what we like to call entrepreneurs out there who talk about, <laughs> no, seriously though, right? Like they talk about like, I'm doing this and I'm hustling and I'm, I'm a boss and this, that, and the other, but they, you know, but when it's time to do boss stuff, you know, they ain't nowhere to be exactly. found. Exactly. Right? So. Exactly. For sure. So, but no, I appreciate you sharing that. Ms. Jones, I want to ask you this. What did you learn from your biggest failure? From my biggest failure, I learned to follow my first mind. Us women particularly have a very strong intuition and we tend to overlook it and replace it with what we think is fear or self-doubt. But 98% of the time, we know what we're talking about. And I've made some business decisions this year, actually, off of, I guess, the moment. Um, knowing that in the back of my mind, I knew that I wouldn't have made a decision like that or just had my doubts. And, of course, I had my doubts and went through it anyway. And it really crushed me a little bit this year. So I've learned from that alone to follow my first mind. We have that for a reason. For sure. You know, now, there's a lot of, you know, women who are part of Startup Nation and they listen to this show. How did, you know, two-part follow-up, I guess, you know, where does that self-doubt come from and how do you, you know, kind of work through that? Well, that self-doubt comes from, <clears throat> excuse me, a self-doubt comes from, to me, upbringing and past relationships, whether personal, professional, Yes. Uh, with other friends, when we tend to lack support, or even if we tend to lack self-esteem, mm. when it comes time to make decisions, we feel that our decisions uh, are based upon fear. And yes. instead of saying, this is your woman's tuition talking, please listen, we hear, oh, here you go doubting yourself again. So just make the decision because you're just doubting yourself. When really we struggle with deciphering in between the two. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. That's a powerful piece that I, I think we really, you know, need to get out there to start a nation. So I appreciate that. Entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners, always engaged in professional, you know, uh, constant professional development, always learning, reading books, listening to podcasts, wherever the case may be. What does professional development mean to you and what are you learning now? Okay, well, with this question, I am going to become extremely transparent with you. Let's go. Um, I, I have been doing um, business development off and on for six years. I've been fully, uh, I've been a full business, I'm sorry, full-time business owner for four. Okay. <sighs> because of my past um, job experience, skills, et cetera, there was a time where I felt that I literally knew everything. I feel that I'm very intelligent, very resourceful. You can ask me anything about business development and I'll have an answer for you. And if anyone came along the way and tried to tell me something, I would give off the aura of, I already know that. Mm -hmm. Well, this year, <clears throat> I had to practice a little humility. Um, I feel that I've been doing this business for too long 
and I'm not at the point of where I want to be. So I took a look at myself and I was just like, what do I have to do to level up or get to the next level? Like, it's so easy for me to level up everyone else's business, but what about mine? And that's when I realized maybe it's time to learn something new. Maybe it's time to listen to someone else. Maybe there are people that are a lot more seasoned in business development than you are and can teach you a few things. So this year is the first year that I've ever taken on business coaches that can teach me business as well. And I can honestly tell you, it has made such a drastic change in my business in these last six months and four years. Wow. The the stress has been lifted. My mind has been expanded. And it literally brings me joy, but at the same time, it makes me want to knock my head against the wall because I should have been open to learning. I should have been open to forever um, developing new knowledge and skills. But um, I, I said all that to say that as an entrepreneur, you should always have the mindset of learning something new. As the world changes, so does entrepreneurship. So we all should be open and willing to learn and never feeling that uh, we know everything. And sometimes we can't get that knowledge for free. Sometimes we have to pay. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have to sit in a class, a workshop. So we shouldn't allow the cause to discourage us from new knowledge because we need that to grow our businesses and grow ourselves. Thank you so much. I'm going to just go out and say that's probably the best answer I've gotten for that question because a lot of times, <laughs> no, seriously, because a lot of times, you know, and not saying that the other ones weren't bad answers. The reason this one is the best is because there was a sense of, like you said, transparency where you talked about, you know, uh, it wasn't up until recently that you really added that part to your entrepreneurial story, your entrepreneurial journey. And so I appreciate that answer and that response because we have a lot of entrepreneurs, like you say, uh, out there who just feel like, you know, nobody can't teach me nothing. Nobody can't show me nothing new. I know it all. Like you even you seen Shark Tank before you seen it on there where they be trying to like show them something or give them some advice. Like, nah, I'm not taking that advice. Like, why wouldn't you listen to Mark Cuban or Mr. Wonderful? But that's neither here nor there. Exactly. But but thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. that was a very powerful response. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, let me ask you this. Some people say entrepreneurs need some type of formal education, go to college, you know, do some networking while you're in college, get a degree, this, that, and the other. And some people just say you need work ethic, work ethic and a dream. So, uh, where do you stand on that spectrum? Formal degree or just, just, uh, grind it out? I stand on the spectrum of the side that get an idea, grind it out. Um, in all honesty, I have a, <clears throat> my degree is in, in biotechnology. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Well, really chemistry with a concentration in biotechnology. But here I am. Well, I just turned 28. So here I am seven, <laughs> eight years later doing business. And everybody gotcha. asks, like, where's the shift? Like, where does it happen? Um, I do not feel that you need a formal degree to become a business owner. Now, I do feel that you, it's best or in your interest to get credentials, certifications um, as they pertain to your business, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but a formal degree, no. In all honesty, um, I kind of wish I never went to college. I kind of wish I believed in myself wow. a lot sooner mm-hmm. and um, started business before I racked up $44,000 in debt. Because uh, the same certifications I can have for that forty-five grand, I could have gotten for six thousand dollars. Gotcha. I don't believe that you need a degree. I say if you have an idea, make a plan and execute it. But don't wait to finish school for it. I'm not discouraging anyone with degrees or even right. those with degrees in business development. I'm just saying you don't need a degree to decide to become a business owner. Like if you have an idea, you can start a business today, like right now. Right. And you know what, in that piece, uh, you you pointed out something that I think is really key because we have a lot of people out there who want to start a company or want to start a business. And before they start, it's like, okay, I need to get this degree. And then they get that degree. And it's like, okay, now I need to get this certification. Then they get this certification. They're like, okay, now I got to get this other certification to have these three letters behind my name. Right. And so it's like, right. you, start, you start to ask yourself, are you, do you really need the certifications 
or or this is fear masked in trying to get more certification. And I believe that's what it is for fear because mm-hmm. it's not necessary. Right. So, I, right. So I, I appreciate you pointing that out. Once again, we are not discouraging anybody from going to school or not finishing up your degree. It's just one of those things where, you know, don't use education or formal education because we're always learning something, even if it's not from a, a higher level you know, learning institution. But don't use that as a crutch to start your business or follow your dream or whatever the case may be. So thank you, Ms. Jones, for sharing that. I appreciate that. What does your average day look like? Top to bottom, be as specific as possible. Is this just for my professional day, work day, or like my entire? Professional work day. Or you, if you, okay. if, as much as you want to put in there, that's fine by me. You know, if, if some of the okay. professional and personal kind of no intermingle that's fine Intertwine, yeah up to you. okay well um i wake up about five sometimes four if there are some things on my mind but i always start my day off with 10 affirmations um i speak them over myself and my business um it took me a very long time to break the habit of jumping on social media now i go to my bank account just and I do it throughout the day, but I start my day off with check my bank account to say, okay, today I need X amount of dollars in my account. Gotcha. Whether I achieve it or not, I know that as I continue to practice it, I feel that it brings me more revenue. So from there, get up. I like to spend an hour before I get the kids up and ready for school. I like to have an hour to myself to think, to plan out my day. I get the kids to school, check emails. Um, I work one-on-one with a few clients. I always check in with them to make sure that they've completed uh, tests that I've asked from the day before. And then from there, social media, a little personal, a lot of branding. And throughout the afternoons, I meet up with clients, lunch. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and then uh, I guess that's pretty much it. The The rest of the day is, is really spare of the moment. I have some people... Um, they have planned appointments. Some people that will email me and be like, can you please meet me at 8 o'clock at night, you know, kind of thing. But it's pretty spare of the moment after about 12. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How you like being on the startup life so far, Ms. Jones? I love it. I am so relaxed. And oh my gosh, I thought I was going to be a lot more nervous. But I love it so much. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're getting great value from Simone's content, but we got to pay a few bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. business owner the startup life reach is growing wouldn't you like your business to grow with it reach out to us to advertise on the startup life you can reach us at 901-857-4818 or you can email me at dominic at askalsolutions.com i mean don't get me wrong like this is a great music to have break on but wouldn't this break sound a lot better with the same music but your business being advertised on it if you are a teacher looking for great resources look no further than our teaching with owls section of our website enjoy great lessons such as our mini lesson for the story of an hour or dive into the nixon presidency as part of our legacy series enjoy great peace of mind from our units as they are common core line Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So, Ms. Jones, what was the best piece of advice and the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? The best piece of advice I've ever received is no one owes you anything. Mm. Um, as an entrepreneur, we feel sometimes, in the beginning, we feel um, entitled to our friends, our close friends and family patronizing our products and services, or I'm sorry, our business. 
Right. Ooh, um, that's a big one. That's a big one. And then once we see that eh, maybe they didn't buy today or maybe they didn't share a post today or maybe they didn't come to an event, we immediately um, feel like, oh, they don't love us. They're not supporting me. They're not, you know, they're hating on me, et cetera. But at the end of the day, that friend or that family member doesn't owe you any support. Like they didn't say, hey, go start a business so I can buy from you. It's up to us as an entrepreneur. If there's something you want, you have to go get it because no one owes you anything. Right. I think the worst would be if it's free, then it's not worth it. Mm. Like if you just have to put any money into it, then it's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. And I disagree simply because um, depending on uh, the level or the status of a business, some businesses are able to offer you uh, free services, free products. For example, my business, I used to charge $35 an hour for a consultation. Uh, mm-hmm. You had to have that paid before I would confirm your appointment. But as I transitioned my business this year, I now offer free consultation. And, but I still provide the same value as if mm-hmm. you were paying, but um, it's free so that you don't, you know, so that the client doesn't feel any obligation to, uh, support. But I feel that if I can give you value for free in 20 to 30 minutes, that should help you decide whether or not you should, um, you know, decide to seek services for me in the future. So just because something is free doesn't necessarily mean um, that it will not have value. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's a big one because that's a, that's something a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, face where, they feel like, you know, you got to charge for every single thing. And it, it's really important to have that kind of like that carrot almost, if you will. You know, so that way, you know, people can see what your business is about, see what you do. Because the thing is, and, and I imagine uh, you, you probably, you know, had this yourself in your, in your company. It's like, it's not like you're selling cupcakes or like cheeseburgers where like people instantly get what you're doing. Right. So it's like you, it's like you have to kind of give them a little bit more so they can fully understand the value that they're about to receive when they become that paid client. So I appreciate uh, you sharing that as well. That's huge. That's big time right there. Let me ask you this. What's a popular misconception about business? Like, you know, when you talk about your your friends and your family, you tell them, hey, I got a company. What's one of those popular misconceptions that they have from time to time? Oh, God. The most popular misconception with business is that the moment you say you have a business, that the next day your family and your friends feel that you're supposed to have like six figures in your bank account. (laughs) Um, (laughs) People feel that because some people, let me be mindful of my words. Some people feel that just because a person decides to start a business, that they are financially stable, that they've completed school, that they have um, racks in the banks to do so. And that's not true. Like for me, uh, when I uh, resigned from my job in April 2014, Mm -hmm. I did not have a savings plan. In all honesty, I did not have any money in my bank account um, outside of, you know, bills. I literally left on a whim and knew that I wanted to do business, but it was just the fact that I had no financial backing. And over the four years, um, I've stayed afloat. There's been a lot of ups and downs, but I really wish people would eliminate the stigma of everyone that starts a business um, already has a lot of money. Like some of us that start businesses then inherit money. Some of us that start Mm -hmm. businesses don't have investors or lines of credit that we can use or, you know, things of that nature. Some of us literally start our business with a dollar and a dream. Right. And I really wish that people would, you know, give us entrepreneurs some time as they receive time with their jobs. No one starts off um, with the most highest paying jobs. Some people have to get promotions. Exactly. It's, It's the same thing with entrepreneurship. Like I have, um, literally experienced it all from losing my home, losing a car, losing mm. jobs, but still managing or putting what I have into my business. Like there, were, there was even a time where I had to choose, do you want a new home or do you want to grow your business? And I decided to grow my business. Like I know that basic essentials I always have, 
but sometimes you have to make decisions like that because you know where you're going. So I wish people wouldn't look at us business owners as, oh, she made a bad move when she did or he or she did X, Y, Z. Like we do things according to what we need to do to make our business grow. So just give us some time as corporate has given other people time to grow and, and promote and and level up. Gotcha. Wow. I, I'm glad you you made that connection because when you said that part of where, you know, nobody goes into a, a company and starts off with the highest paying job, that's the, you know, and you said like, so obviously you can't make the connection with starting a business. That is so true. That is so true. So I appreciate you making that connection and exactly. sharing that with us and being transparent as well, because I, I, I know, you know, trust me, I know, I know what you're talking about. I know that life. I know that those hard yeah. that you talk about that you have to make from time to time. And, 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 and I really want to chime on one more thing. On go, for it, go for it. <laughs> um, with um, entrepreneurship, I know that people tend to listen to people according to where they are right now. Like, for example, I literally know uh, business development like the back of my hand. But I'm not driving a six-figure car. I don't have a big four- or five-bedroom home. But you best to believe that I know myself. But you have a lot of people and a lot of other business owners like me who have people that will miss out on the message because we don't have all the flashy things. Mm. And, um, and that's like a huge misperception as well. For sure, for sure. Because just because we're not showing you this, flashy, luxurious lifestyle doesn't necessarily mean we don't, we don't know our stuff or we haven't mastered our craft. And, and that's one thing, like materialistic things should not determine one's knowledge in business. And that's the mistake that a lot of people make when it comes to looking at a business owner. That is so true. Boy, that is so true. I hope you heard that startup nation because, you know, like you said, like, you know, if, if, if I give the same advice as Mark Cuban, like what, what, what invalidates my advice over his? Like, you know, it's exactly. the same advice, right? So, no, you're, you, you hit it right on the head there, right? You know, I really appreciate that for sure, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and, and, and you also pointed out a lot, you know, that sometimes, you know, sometimes you didn't necessarily make a mistake. Sometimes people are slow to pay us too, right? Oh yes! Oh, Duncan. I was actually just talking about that. Like, don't look at an entrepreneur and say, "Well, you're not generating enough money. Maybe you need to get a new job." When you're the same person who has unpaid invoices or who hasn't returned a call or made a payment, like, come on now, don't judge when you know you might be contributing to the entrepreneur. <laughs> I feel like we want to call somebody out, but we gonna we gonna play nice today. <laughs> we gonna play nice. Today. I'm speaking for all for sure. of us entrepreneurs because we do like we we don't want to be aggressive or beg anyone to pay, but at the end of the day, we expect our clients and our customers to pay those invoices or pay for our services so that we can keep going. Gotcha. But the same people, you know. They don't, but that's neither here nor there. Right, right. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, you know, quick follow-up questions, Miss Jones. Let me ask you this. So what do you say? Because, you know, we have family and friends who, you know, when see us kind of having a, a not-so-sunshiny day in our business, right? And they see us, you know, in those moments. And they suggest, well, maybe you should go back to, maybe you should go back to school or maybe you should, you know, go get another job. And you know for a fact that they have the best intentions, but you mm-hmm. know, like that ain't the goal for your life. How do you address those, 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 that advice, if you will, when you come, when it comes to that? It's like uh, well, you want to be, you want to be nice, but you also want to be, right. like, you know, like nah, that ain't that ain't my plan. Well, see, um, I know that out of respect. Well, that's really how I start the conversation but I let that person know that I appreciate your concern and I know that things are looking a little cloudy right now however I will be fine but now of course we personally know if we are about to hit rock bottom yeah let's venture off to a plan b to get back on track with plan a but 
I would not allow um, those words to discourage me from my plan because I know my plan. And all of us entrepreneurs, we know our plan. Yeah, we're going to have some people that are looking from the outside saying, well, things aren't looking too good for you. You might want to do X, Y, Z. But at the end of the day, if you were already where they expected you to be, what would they say then? Mm. So those, you know, I understand people mean well, but at the same time, I know my plan, I know my goal, and I know that their conversation will change once I hit the level of success that they feel, you know. So the same thing for other entrepreneurs as well. You know your plan, you know your goal, you know your vision. So respect what they're saying, you know, don't curse them out, but at the same time, stick to what's best for you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You definitely don't probably want to curse them out, but fair enough. I got you. You probably probably want to, but you probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't because it might be your granny. Like, you know, you gotta be easy. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Thank you for sharing all of that and being transparent. I appreciate that. Let me ask you this as Akamai grows and, and you know, and you start to you think that you probably need some help. What would you look for? What's the ideal employee for uh, a place like Akamai? An ideal employee, I would have to say, someone that is self motivated, goal oriented, able to utilize numbers and and execute a plan. I really would say someone that reminds me of my 21-year-old self. Um, I was able to be given a number and break that number all the way down to where I knew what I had to do every single day to hit that goal. Um, Someone that's open to learning, someone that can listen and learn. Um, But most of all, if I'm unavailable to motivate them, that they're still able to motivate themselves and do what they have to do to push the vision of the business. Let's, let's shift focus just for a little bit, if you will, because, you know, we live in, you know, pretty, you know, divisive times, both, you know, uh, socially, politically and things of that nature. And as entrepreneurs, we're seeing all of this. So let me ask you this. Do entrepreneurs have an obligation to, you know, give a take on or give commentary on social issues? Because keep in mind, a lot of the people that we service, you know, they definitely have opinions and they definitely have, you know, responses to certain things that we see out uh, in the world today. So do we have any obligation to kind of give commentary on those things? Obligation? No. Okay. Um, I feel that people like the community expect certain things from business owners. And when you expect and those same business don't deliver, you become disappointed. I feel that the businesses um, that decide to take on social issues, um, that's their, their right. Mm-hmm. But I would never say a business has an obligation um, to talk about or tend to social issues. Um, most people go into business um, for the product or the service that they're, they're offering. Um, not so much to be a platform for the social issues that we have. Now, I, um, with other like entrepreneurs that I've spoke with, there, of course there are things that bother us or make us happy or make us sad, but I don't feel that we're obligated. And the same thing with celebrities, like no one's obligated. Fair enough. If someone is willing to make you know, to initiate a change or make that change or even stand up for what they feel is right, then that's cool. But I don't feel that the community should ever look onto businesses like, okay, what are you going to do about this? Because we didn't create this problem. Uh, Hopefully we're not contributing to the problem, but if you don't expect, you will never be disappointed. So I wouldn't say we have an obligation. Gotcha. Got you. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, I, I asked this question to, you know, many people uh, in the past and, and they're all, you know, you know, some say yes, some say no, some say a balance of both. And honestly, we've actually had some people to kind of just decline the question altogether. So I, first of all, I appreciate you answering the question and also appreciate your perspective. I really do appreciate that for sure. Have you ever turned down a client? And if so, why did you have to? Yes, I have turned down a few clients. 
Gotcha. And, um, and if you have a particular story, please share that as well. Obviously, you know, keep the names out to protect protect the infamous or whoever you want to call them. But yeah. Well, in the beginning of business, I, as I stated earlier, I wanted to tend to all clients. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to grab every dollar on the table. But um, as time progressed and my stress increased, I learned that <laughs> every client isn't meant for me. Gotcha. So there was a... Um, particular client who wanted literally everything. Um, this client wanted me to be their right-hand man, which is totally fine. However, there comes, you know, a price with it. So we have to negotiate in the middle. If we can't negotiate in the middle, then I feel that I can't be of service. Um, there was a client who did not respect my hours of operations. Mm. Um, this person would call me in the middle of the night, in the morning, if I received the email late at night and then respond within an hour or two is, oh my God, where are you at? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm asleep or I'm nursing my baby or, you know, like they're still, they're set hours and off days for a reason. So anything outside of that time, you know, I'm not really obligated to, but it got to the point where everything was in demand until it was time to pay for an invoice. Mm. And I'm like, it's okay to be in demand. But can you pay for the service that you desire? And of course, right. the answer is always no. And although I really wanted to help this client because I knew the client was just, you know, a little bit needy, but just needed help with their vision. But at the same time, if you can't respect me, not only as a business owner, but as a mother, as a parent, then there's not much that I can do to be of service. Because if I don't get my rest, I can't be as productive as you need me to be. And that's when I made the decision to uh, send a, uh, an email and just let the client know that we we're going to have to uh, terminate our agreements because Nothing is worth my peace. And it took me forever to learn that. And it took a few times in the hospital, but nothing is worth my peace. I don't mm -hmm. care if a client gave me a blank check. If you're not going to respect me as a business owner and as a mother, I can't do it. Gotcha. And, and I definitely appreciate that. Like as entrepreneurs, we're always trying to find that work-life balance piece, right? And that part is important for not only our business, but more importantly, our sanity. So, you know, Ms. Jones, we have a lot of people out there who call themselves business coaches, business consultants, or whatever the case may be. So when you come to, you know, advice and you come to Akamai, you know, why would somebody go with you as opposed to somebody else? The reason that I feel a client should go with me instead of someone else, well, first and foremost, I don't accept every single client. And I know that kind of chimes back into what we were just talking about. But mm -hmm. if I can't believe in your vision, if I can't believe in your product or your service, I can't charge you to help you grow with. And I know that a lot of clients feel that money should move people. Um, but I'm not one of those people. Like I would rather have a bad week in sales before I tell someone, oh my God, you know, this is a great business idea, girl. Let's do it. Let's get it out there. When really I can't see the vision. I can't see the plan. So um, I would say the honesty and the integrity that I provide with potential clients to let them know um, as with most consultants, because I've also heard that, you know, most consultants can be cons, but, and those are people that don't care what business you have. They want your money. I don't, you know, not to the point where I would choose your money over um, believing in your product. So I would say choosing my service or choosing my business over another that offers similar services you are guaranteed uh, the honesty and the transparency in your business idea. All right. So who are your mentors, Simone? My mentors? Um, I have a few. Um, Sandra Ford is still a mentor. Chiquita Willis. She is my mentor and my reinforcement. Um, gotcha. <laughs> as far as coaching, um, Danielle Winningham. She's one of my absolute faves. She's the reason that I decided to make some significant changes in my business. So I guess I would say those three okay. are my mentors right now. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Simone, I think 
all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? My superpower would be the ability to execute. Mm-hmm. I, I take pride in that. Like, if you told me, hey, Simone, I want to sell socks. Excuse my language. I'm going to sell some hell out some socks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I have the ability to take your idea and create a plan. Like, as you're sitting there talking about what you want to do and why you want to do it, I've already began mapping out how it can be done. It's just a matter of putting it on paper. But I would say my superpower is my ability to take an idea and execute it. So, Ms. Jones, this is the point of the show where you you pretty much talk up Akamai. If you got any uh, like specials or any coupons or something you want to give to the show or something like that. But also, I know you have an event coming up fairly soon in the next couple of months. So, yeah. if you want to talk about that as well, we're going to give you the chance to do that. The, the, floor is, uh, the floor is yours to do all of that. Perfect. Well, first and foremost, um, as I said earlier on the show, um, if you are considering establishing a business and don't know what way to go, or maybe you already have a current business and you really don't know how to level up, I would love to have a discovery session with you. It's totally free. Uh, we will have a 20 to 30 minute discovery session um, I offer phone sessions, video, face-to-face, whatever is best for the client, or I'm sorry, potential client. So please be sure to make your way to my website to set up your free consultation at www.weareakamai.com. That is weareakamai.com. And for anyone that wants to know what that word means, it means smart or clever. Mm. So my website stands for we are smart or we are clever.com to set up your free consultation. But from there, I am extremely excited about my upcoming seminar vendor expo weekend. Um, Originally it was scheduled for Atlanta, um, but I felt that I need to start at home first. I need to start at home first. Um, So on February 23rd, 2019, I'm having a 2019 Entrepreneur Evolution. Um, This is a vendor expo from 12 to 3.30 and a seminar from 4 to 6. It will be at the Big Cypress Lodge. Um, That is Bass Pro's Hotel. Um, Of course, the vendor expo is free. Come out, uh, shop and network with other business owners. Be sure to bring plenty of business cards and be prepared to shop. And for the seminar, um, the seminar is from four to six. And I wanted to please note that um, this is not an empowerment seminar. Um, I'm not trying to get everyone to come out for dinner in goodie bags just to empower you because I feel that what happens once that high spirit ends, like you will leave an event um, back in the same state that you were. This seminar is the issue with overcoming your business challenges to help you develop strategies, to teach you things you need to know in business as far as business development, building business credit, how taking the time to build that credit can level up your business in so many ways. So um, I'm hosting this seminar so that I can get a group of new and, and aspiring entrepreneurs in a room to assist with overcoming challenges and not just lift your spirit. But um, you can register for both online. I'm also still looking for uh, vendors. I think I have about 10 more spots. But on my website, you're able to uh, get all the information for that. But um, that entire week, actually, I still have some other things in the works. But okay. the, the vendor seminar is on Saturday. On Wednesday, we're going to have a Young Professionals Meetup Social at Chardonnay Wine Bistro, that's off of Hex Cross. It's going to be from 5.30 to 8.30. So everyone, you know, new business owners, aspiring business owners, come out, bring your business cards. It's a very adult environment. Um, enjoy a few drink specials and, you know, mingle and network with other entrepreneurs. So that entire week of February 23rd, that entire week will be dedicated to the aspiring entrepreneurs in the city. So I'm really looking forward to that and um, meeting some new faces. Awesome stuff. And Startup Nation, for those of you who may want to fly into Memphis, Tennessee, that's where we are uh, here in Memphis, Tennessee. That's where uh, those events will be. And I'll actually have all those links from uh, Simone's website 
and all those uh, uh, vendor information there in the show notes for easy access. So you can uh, contact Simone to be a vendor and be uh, and to, to kind of be in the house to kind of learn and to get some knowledge from other uh, rising entrepreneurs here in our city. So, Miss Jones, as we wrap up, one final piece of information or advice you'd like to give all of our entrepreneurs out there before we wrap up today. Absolutely. Um, my one final piece of advice, if there's been a business idea that you've been sitting on and you want to do, but you really don't have the support that you feel that you should have, I say still go for it. Don't allow anyone in your corner to discourage you. You may be setting yourself up uh, to miss out on a million-dollar deal. Like, you don't know until you try. And even if you try and you don't go in the direction that you feel that you should, try again. Because everyone has an entrepreneurial spirit. Every single person on this earth has an inner entrepreneur. It's just a matter of whether or not you tap into it. But I say go for it. All right, so that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life Powered by the Binge Podcast Network. How did you enjoy it, Ms. Jones? I loved it. I loved it, and I look forward to coming back. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Startup Nation. So here's my final take. When it comes to Simone, she's one of my favorite entrepreneurs because she gives it to you pure, uncut, and raw. She tells it like it is, which makes her a very good person to contact if you need help with your business. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a new way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. To subscribe to the show, as it can now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.